This is Sarah Stewart-Holland. And this is Beth Silvers. Thank you for joining us for Pantsuit Politics. everyone. Welcome to Pantsuit Politics. We are here to discuss the latest January 6th committee hearing. This is the first time we've seen the committee since July. I miss them all so much. And probably one of the last times we will hear from the committee. And boy, did they go out with a bang. We've covered the hearings in depth because we think they are essential to the ongoing health of our democracy. And if you want to revisit those discussions about previous hearings, we're going to put links in our show notes. We have a whole study guide for you with links to everything we've done in our newsletters on social media and on the podcast. We really think this is important, and we hope that we're communicating that and making it easy for you and the people that you care about to be engaged. Outside politics, we are going to be celebrating a very major milestone here at Pantsy Politics, and we're going to talk about that at the end of the show, so make sure and stick around for that. But first... We're going to talk about Liz and the gang and what they had to share with us today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries, I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box. And $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. 
That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. We are recording on Thursday, October 13th, and the Select Committee to investigate the attacks on the United States Capitol on January 6th has just wrapped up what I believe to be their final hearing. Now, it's a little confusing because they went out with a bang by subpoenaing former President Donald J. Trump. But, Beth, do you you understand this to be the last hearing? I feel like this is the last hearing. I think it is the last hearing before the midterm elections, most likely. Mm -hmm. And depending on the outcome of the midterm elections, it could be the last hearing. I am not ready to accept that Republicans are going to win the midterm elections. People are still voting. Mm -hmm. And I don't like to be defeatist about elections. And what I really want everybody to hear, especially as we consider what the committee presented today, is that your vote matters. The midterm elections are close. Elections that are going to dictate who has the power to certify the next presidential election are on the line here. So don't be discouraged or despondent. It is just the case that if you want the work of this committee to continue, Democrats are going to need to hold the majority in the House of Representatives. And I think the weight of commentary would say that that is Definitely not a sure thing and perhaps less likely than Republicans taking the majority. So that was a long answer to probably. Before we get to the substance of the hearing with the elections right around the corner, I think it is important to emphasize, you know, Liz Cheney said, without accountability, this becomes the norm. And the January 6th committee is not the only source of accountability. And I think that's always Important to remember, I think they see themselves as sort of the locus of all accountability. (laughs) Like, let us gather information and send it to the Justice Department or help state investigators or help someone who might sue privately. Like, let's just talk about who these these investigators in Congress, what evidence they've gathered and who they feel is responsible. And the resounding conclusion from this hearing was Trump. Trump was responsible, and they ended the committee by voting. This was actually not an official hearing, but a business meeting of the committee, and they voted to issue a subpoena for former President Trump. The other aspect of their role that I think is significant as you lead into them voting to issue the subpoena is that they have decided that they are going to be the storytellers, that they are keeping the historic record of what happened Mm -hmm. here that they are the official repository for what went down because they are the storytellers with the most powerful tools to gather all of that evidence and put it in one place. And so you could say to yourself, well, why issue a subpoena when their work could be winding down? And I think it's because they know that their work will be judged by history and let history know that they requested his testimony. He either fought it or he didn't. If Republicans take the majority, they either withdraw the subpoena or they don't. But they are they're saying we're willing to use the tools that we have. And this is our most powerful one. And we've methodically built our case for its use. And now we're employing it. Yeah. Another part of Liz Cheney's opening statement that really struck me is when she said we cannot just punish the foot soldiers. And I think that's what the subpoena was meant to signal is We've brought everyone else here to talk about what happened. How can we make the case that he 
is the sole reason this happened and not call him to come give his testimony. So I think it was the right call. And I think they spent a lot of time in this hearing not just emphasizing that he was the center point of all this, but really both summarizing previous hearings and testimony, showing that this was premeditated, that he planned to do this all along. We saw some new video from Steve Bannon and Roger Stone. Really, again, how are these people still shocking me? But it was shocking to just hear them say, like, even if he loses, he's going to say he won. Just straight up, like, this is the plan. The plan is to take advantage of any confusion, delay, anything, and say, claim victory and say he won. Roger Stone is is shown on video as saying, possession is nine-tenths of the law. F you, we won. In October. In October. In October. In October. It's really shocking. And so, you know, they they go through this. They spend really an interesting moment with Adam Kingsinger showing that he knew he lost after the election because he was uh, pursuing some unfinished business, like withdrawing all troops from Afghanistan and Somalia, which he knew would create a mess for the next president, who he knew was Joe Biden. So I thought that was, you know, you kind of had to put the pieces together. You had to make the connection of what he was saying. But listening to all these people say he withdrew these troops knowing it was going to be a catastrophe, which it was, which we saw. And he did it anyway because he knew he was on his way out the door. I think a compelling part of that testimony, which included testimony from uh, Keith Kellogg and Mark Milley, was demonstrating that Trump, I think, was in the headspace you described. I want to finish what I said I would do, and I don't care what it leaves for Joe Biden to clean up. But the reality is that had those orders been fully executed, it would have been catastrophic for the American service members involved, too. There was a present danger in the reckless approach to being the commander in chief that he was willing to take because he was just in this tantrum, pouting, sour grapes. My feelings are all that matters moment. And you can't be a my feelings are all that matters person when you're entrusted with control of the American military, not to mention the real work the American military is doing. However you feel about our engagement in those countries, it is not for no reason. You know, intelligent people who care about our country can differ on what we should be doing there. But I think everyone understands there is a purpose, and it's a purpose that has to be interrogated beyond, well, we should just bring everybody home. But his headspace, he was so consumed with his own reaction to this election. And I thought it was really compelling later when Cassidy Hutchinson described hearing Mm -hmm. him say to Mark Meadows, I don't want people to know we lost. It's embarrassing. I mean, that is the emotional maturity that we're dealing with here. And there's a part of me that thinks, you know what? It probably was. I, I bet it's really hard to lose a presidential election. I bet it is really, really hard. But at the same time, if you translate that to, so I'm just going to withdraw troops wherever I feel like it. Mm. That is so dangerous. And I thought that Representative Kinzinger was the right member of the committee to present that and committed it and presented it in a really compelling way. They were using everything at their power. There was a lot of summarizing. The first half of the hearing in particular was a lot of like, let me just put all this together. Let's just, we're going to go one by one and all of us will take different pieces and we're going to put all this together for you so you can see. 
He premeditated this plan. He worked with corrupt actors who he knew would break the law, commit violence. He put all these pieces in place before the election. And then once the election happened, he refused to listen at first, declared victory, then accepted the reality that he was lost, and then basically, you know, tried to stage a coup. (laughs) I don't know any other way to put it to keep control of the presidency. And so they're, like, putting all these pieces together. They're they're taking testimony from the hearings. They're taking some of the testimony that they'd already received. They're putting it all together. I just want to interject with the piece from Representative Loria where she showed this really effective back and forth of Bill Barr and Donald Trump. And it was like Bill Barr would say something on a date, and a day later— Donald Trump goes out and tells the lie that Barr debunked for him the day before. Mm. And it and it went over and over. He's advised of this, and then he goes out and says the same thing anyway. And the only piece missing from that presentation for me was the fact that he's still doing it. It's he's still, still doing, doing it. it today, saying the yeah. same things that were de- that have been debunked for him for over a year now. Yeah. So I I thought that was really effective. I just wanted to go that final piece to say to people, this matters right this very minute because he keeps saying it and he's motivated a whole army of candidates across this country to keep saying Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And then we get to Representative Raskin, who his hearing that he kind of ran was really about time period during which Donald Trump knew what was happening, knew the violence being perpetrated, and did nothing. And I think the reason this part of today's hearing was so impactful, even though we'd heard that case before, is they had all this video in contrast of people who were, of actual leadership and what it looked like on the ground. They had all this video, particularly of Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, but also standing in Congress with Mitch McConnell, John Thune. I had a real real empathetic moment with Senator Thune. You can see him in the background rocking back and forth. And I thought, oh, you and me, friend, because that's what I do when I'm stressed. I just rock back and forth. And I thought, I see your, I see you. I acknowledge your stress. And let me just say, watching all that was incredibly impactful, incredibly powerful. I don't ever really want to hear another negative word about Nancy Pelosi. You watch her in her mask because she's being exposed in her late 70s and early 80s to COVID at this particular moment, and she is trying desperately to get back to the place where the violent protesters are in order to show continuity of government and trust in government. It's incredible to watch her do this. Can we talk about the moment where she's like, they've probably defecated on the House floor, but we can clean that up easily. Just when moments when you see Nancy Pelosi's experience as a mother of five shine through for me are just so so strong. <laughs> just she's like, it's poop. We can clean it up. That's not a big deal. We can handle that. But we're going to get back out there. We're going to do our jobs. Just like she is watching CNN. She is literally watching people want to physically harm her specifically using her name. And she's like, OK, how, can, how soon can we get out there calling anybody she can think of? Because the president's not going to do anything. It's ju- it was insane. Her horror when she was told that her colleagues were putting on gas masks was, to me, the most impactful moment of the hearing today before the vote at the end, because it just put into perspective, I don't know, the empathy that I feel for someone who sees 
people she cares about in a dangerous situation, that she can't do anything about it right now, that this is all happening. She says at some point, like, we have to do something to give people confidence that the government can function, that we can elect a president. Mm-hmm. Like, what what are we even doing here? And how remarkable that her daughter was with her and captured that footage. That her that her daughter happens to be a documentary filmmaker who oh happened to be with her and recognized the gravity of the moment and had the presence of mind to capture it as she did because that footage is extremely compelling. Just when they're on the phone and she yes. says, I have something to say and is like pointing <laughs> down. I am calling the mayor of Washington, D.C. to see what she can do to help us. It was stunning. Even when Steny Hoyer is like listing all these, I was impressed at that moment where he's like, well, what about here? What about what about this troop? What about this police force? Like just listing who they could access. I mean, I don't, there is no other word to describe, I'm getting a little choked up, to describe what you see in that footage than bravery. That's the only way to describe it, to know you are under threat, to know people you care for are under threat, and your just single vision is we must complete this task. It is about more than us. It's incredible. It is incredible. And it was shared among mm-hmm. Democrats and Republicans. Yep. And it tells you about what kind of person we need to elect in the midterm elections. Because you want to elect people who, even if you disagree with them about everything else, people who in those moments say there is something bigger here than me Mm -hmm. and I need to go complete this job because it isn't about me. Instead of electing people who want to ride and get their ticket punched by a crowd that they are actively deceiving and then run and hide from that monster they've created when the moment comes and have no care for the effect on the American public. That is my fear, that the midterm elections are a moment when the American people need to decide whether we want people who are about themselves or people who are about the offices and that we will choose unwisely and dangerously. And I hope that seeing this footage inspires you, whatever your policy or partisan leanings are, to put serious people in those rooms for those serious moments. If you're looking for a very quick salon quality, but not salon priced manicure, Olive and June has you covered. We've talked about Olive and June's Manny system before. It has everything that you need for a professional manicure in one box, salon grade tools, your choice of six polishes. Those polishes are going to last you for seven days or more. The cost breaks down to about $2 a manicure. Olive and June also has press-ons if you want. What I love, though, is that Olive and June each season is coming out with new colors, and I just got a set of spring and summer colors in quick dry polish. They say this dries in about a minute. It seemed dry to me in about 30 seconds. It was not kidding about being quick dry. I also love the light colors in this set. There is a huge range. My favorite one is called Kitten. It's like a pinkish gray. The quick dry polish gives you full coverage in one or two coats. It lasts for more than five days and it is offered in more than 40 cruelty-free and vegan polishes. Olive and June just understands what's happening in our lives, that we need to move quickly, but we want to look great and feel great and have fun in the process. Visit oliveandjune.com slash pantsu for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash P-A-N-T-S-U-I-T for 20% off your first Manny system. Just finished A Court of Thorns and Roses and craving another fantasy world to devour? 
Dipsy's Got You, dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, Regency-era historical fiction, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash pantsuit. dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash pantsy. So the committee spent a lot of time tightening their case, using as much video footage as they could to summarize it in an impactful way. They issue a subpoena for Donald J. Trump. So that's where we are now. That's where we are. Now we have to see what's going to happen. I, You know, I think there is a temptation to sort of say, did it matter? What is the What is the committee done? I just don't think we know yet. I just don't think that we can say, even as we feel like this is probably sort of their finale, the summation of their case, sort of the historical impact of what they have done and what they have put together, we're not going to know for a while. I think you can already see that they have greased the wheels. I think that that much is abundantly clear. It feels to me as if many, many different institutions have either, you know, felt the increased pressure from the committee's work, had the ability to increase their momentum due to the to the committee's work, whatever it is. Like you feel that speed increasing from the DOJ and from and from other areas that like they have said and proven and concluded as clearly as they can that accountability is essential. There must be accountability. For January 6th, there must be accountability at the highest levels for January 6th. And I think they have made that case. And what they said today is that that accountability must be criminal. Mm. I mean, whether they formally 
decide to issue something styled as a criminal referral to the Department of Justice or not. They spent this hearing establishing Donald Trump's state of mind and his state of mind to the extent that they hammered away at it today is really only relevant if you're talking about criminal charges. Did he have the specific intent to do this? And the answer today was, yes, he did. And listen, I did not walk into these hearings convinced of that fact. But I walked out of them convinced of it Mm. because it was an extremely thorough and compelling look at how at every step he had all the information, all of it, and he made his choices. And those choices led to that violent, dangerous, historically embarrassing moment for our country. And he watched it on TV and cheered it on and inflamed it. I don't know how you watch these hearings and see the presentation of evidence and conclude otherwise. I really don't. I've always been on board with criminal charges, but I was worried about how they'd prove them. Uh, this is why I make a, be a bad prosecutor, because I'd be like, I just feel it in my gut. Let's go for it. But that, I think you're right. I mean, I don't think they've left any doubt. I think they have they have garnered the evidence and presented it fairly. Because that was what I was worried about. I'm like, I, I mean, I myself believed he didn't have anybody telling him the truth and he cannot accept reality. But I think they've made a pretty good case that that is not accurate. I think that's right. That he had plenty of people telling him the truth and that he understood it. He just fought it. And he fought it in ways that broke the law and endangered other people, created, you know, and I think this is the part that they've done such a good job of as well. It's not just about January 6th. It's not just the threat on that day. It's that he opened up this door. He opened up this chasm of threat, this possibility, this opportunity that he's shown to other people. And if we do not also say to those other people, yes, you could do this, you could, and maybe you'd even do it better, but you will be held accountable. You want to try it, fine. We can't stop you necessarily. But what we can say is that if you do, if you do, there will be consequences. There will be consequences. And I think they've done a good job of saying, but, and there are preventative measures we can take. You know, we're always going to be a democracy. There's always, you know, I think Liz Cheney's made the case that like, we don't, we don't reach a destination in a democracy where we're safe from this level of threat. We don't get to a place where we're like, we did it. We're safe from despots. Like we have to continue to do this work always. And there are both preventative measures that we must do. Electoral Count Act is one of them. But there are also sort of these punitive I don't know another word for it. Punitive things we have to do so that someone knows, well, I can try it, but this is what could happen to me. Yeah, I don't want to detour us, but I was taking a moment today just briefly before we started recording thinking about why did I feel so much watching that vote for the subpoena? And I think it's because you have this sense that, okay, we do have We do have an institution in the United States Congress that will take a step when a line has been crossed. It's taken an awful long time for them to to do it. That's not really fair. I mean, the House impeached Trump over it. But the the failure of the Senate to convict is, is, I think, a scar on us as a country Mm. that cannot fade. It is that is an intense scar that's left here. Well, I think the problem is it's not a scar. It's an open wound. Yeah. And so this feels like 
you, you can't ever fix that, but it feels like we're walking in a better direction. And combining that with this enormous verdict against Alex Jones, where you recognize that, yes, in a country where you can speak freely, people are going to say dangerous things, but sometimes those things cannot be tolerated and there will be a consequence. They can still say them, but they will have to accept a consequence associated with it. It feels like maybe we're marching towards something that is imperfect and that is fragile and that is explosive and contentious. Uh, but that is still like pursuing some shared vision for what we can live here and do together. And that gives me a lot of feelings, but comfort is among them. Yeah. You know, we had a conversation on our premium channels about accountability and what does it mean when we know there are systemic issues, when we're holding an individual accountable, but we understand inherently that there are systemic problems at play. And that's true here, right? We both know that Donald Trump is individually responsible and also that he exposed systemic problems that we all knew were there. It's not like the Electoral Count Act was ever a great solution everybody loved. But he just, he exposed those weaknesses. Well, how do you come back from that? Well, you learn. You learn and you address the things you know. When you know better, you do better. And he has shown us things that we have to fix. And we're not done because, again, he has opened up this chasm that other people are going to try to exploit. We see them as candidates for secretary of state all over the country. And I think it's just this new era. It's this strengthening, right? It's this weakening, strengthening paradox where... A lot of things we assumed for many, many years, not all the entirety of our country. We've had other points in our history where people have exploited the weaknesses inside our systems. But we're outside of that period where, you know, the the norms were the glue that was holding everything together. Okay, well, those norms aren't going to work anymore. And the idea that people will just respect the norms aren't going to do it. I think that that's what... It's interesting because it's it's like what the argument the January 6th committee is making is like, here were the norms, but that's all they were, and he didn't respect them. It's like you're trying to point out that this is what everybody else did, and he didn't do it. But in making that case, you're really showing that, like, the norms are not enough. The norms are not enough. We're going to have to have other things at certain points. We're going to have to have structural structural things in place. And, you know, only and only to get to a point where we'll realize, oh, there were norms propping up this part and now we need structural things to hold those in place. I just think that that's sort of the perpetual work of a democracy. But we have some of that work to do right now. And they have shown that. Well, and I feel myself wanting to say, like, what are those structural things? And I don't think we know all of them. I don't think they all exist at the federal level. I think there are structural things like a return of really in-depth civics curriculum so that we have an expectation of what a senator does besides host podcasts. I think there are lots and lots of pieces here because that is where a lot of the complexity and my emotion comes from today. That not only did the Trump presidency expose these structural deficiencies and, and lay bare how much our infrastructure of democracy needs to catch up with the size of this nation and the present conditions of the world. But also, 
the sadness that I feel that Donald Trump was never writing on a blank sheet of paper in terms of the feelings and the opinions and this deep-seated interest we have in being enraged at each other all the time. And that he also understood, because I don't believe he's ever been motivated by some great set of philosophy or ethics or values or policy positions. He also understood that he could amass money and power and influence by using the industry of politics, by wielding all of our feelings and all of the ways that we are all messed up to feed the money machine, that same money machine that is emailing all of us eight to 10 times a day right now about elections, and the same one that creates opportunities for people to become TV stars talking about what's happening on cable news. Like he just, he saw the dollar signs as though we were a set of slot machines and we were primed for it. And it just makes me really sad that we were primed for it. And I want to ask not only what do we do to the Electoral Count Act, but how do we not look like that set of slot machines anymore? The response that is so tempting that I think so many Americans take is to just opt out. And I think the January 6th committee did a good job of really trying to reach those people to say, no, this is still worthwhile. Please don't just assume it's all broken. Don't be a cynic. Don't be a skeptic. Don't be agnostic. Like, let us us make this case to you that this matters, that holding him accountable matters, that this isn't just the same old political bullshit. I mean, that's why they used Republicans solely (laughs) as witnesses, right? Because they're saying, Hey, guys, like this is not just politics as normal that you tune out. This is different. This is worse. We have to pay attention. We have to do something about it. I mean, and that's that is the work that we all have to carry on now that the committee is winding down its work. We have to continue to make that case as citizens. We have to continue to say, no, the problem with Donald Trump was not just mean tweets. That wasn't the issue. The issue is his complete and total disregard for the rule of law. And now he has spread that like a virus throughout the Republican Party. And that should matter just as much to Republicans as it does to Democrats. That's the charge, right? That's the charge. Because there's a lot of this that we can't control as everyday citizens. There's a lot of this process that they have now empowered and energized that is going to have to continue on without a lot of say from us. But because it's a democracy and because this matters, because the conversations we hold in our communities matter, we have to continue to give voice to that, to give voice to say, no, we can't just be cynics and we can't just opt out. We have to continue to pay attention to this. This is important. People have to be held accountable, including Donald Trump. This is a little bit of a harsh thing to say, and I hope that I say it with a spirit of grace. But I also hope we realize that the committee's outreach to people who are tempted to opt out has come at a fairly significant cost. Focusing the story as they've had to has left a lot of threads out there that we should know more about and we might not get to in a very public way. The American public, and particularly people who have been protected by the Secret Service, deserve to know why records were deleted. 
and deserve to know about what was behind some of the very bizarre text messages that we saw from Secret Service agents today. We deserve that information, and we're not going to get it because they had to confine their time to the one thing that they really wanted to ask of us because that's how difficult our attention is to captivate. Now, I'm not trying to say that's an individual responsibility. That's another one of those group efforts that we have to work on. I think it comes at a significant cost that we only heard from Republican witnesses. I think it comes at a significant cost that the committee had to make the decision to hold Mike Pence up as a hero instead of insisting that we hear his testimony as well. Because this historic record deserves under oath testimony from Vice President Pence about what happened leading up to and on and after January 6th, and we're not going to get it. So all of our apathy costs us a lot. And even as they have handled this process, I think, about the best way they possibly could have, they are also not writing on a blank sheet of paper. And it's worth it to say, okay, let's tune in. Let's heed this call. Let's do what we need to do. Let's get engaged, which means, like you said, vote, challenge people who say it was just the tweets, be really clear eyed about what the threat is here. But then also, like, let's hang with it and level up our game, even when it doesn't feel like everything is falling apart every day, so that the next time it falls apart, we can handle that a little bit better. I do want to take into account, you know, as we wrap up our coverage, although not our conversations about the January 6th committee, I'm sure, that all of you who did engage with these hearings, who showed up with us on Instagram Live and watched along, who asked questions, who just kept watching and telling those in your lives to watch and why it was important to watch, thank you. Thank you so much. Like, that is the work. That is the work of citizenship, and you guys have been out there doing it. It has been incredibly encouraging and empowering. And, you know, I didn't need more reasons to believe that we have the best community on the Internet, but this was certainly one of them. And that's a great transition into our next segment of the show where we're going to talk about our big milestone here at the Pansy Politics community. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you Ritual for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, 
It could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code Pantsuit at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. In seven episodes of Pantsuit Politics, we will turn seven years old. Beth, can you believe it? No, I cannot. <laughs> no, nope. short answer, no. <laughs> so we are going to count down. We Listen, we have a plan. We are leaning all the way in to this seven situation and, and the every episode is a countdown. We want to celebrate these seven years. We've grown so much, and we want to celebrate by continuing to grow. So here is what we're going to do as we count down to our seventh birthday. We're going to have challenges for you. You can enter to win a Pantsuit Politics time capsule, which is really fun. It's like swag from all our iterations of our logo. The OGs remember the the high heels. Remember the high heels, Beth? I do remember the high heels. I love the high heels. My friend Pam designed that logo. I still, it holds a special place in my heart. There are a number of components to this challenge. We've tried to keep it simple, but we are not great at simplicity around (laughs) here. So this is uh, characteristically complex for us. (laughs) We're going to do a special episode on our birthday. And we're going to talk about the seven things that we have as a community learned from Pantsuit Politics. And we want your input because that's the big learning of this entire venture for me. So we don't do anything alone. And we don't want to celebrate just with what Sarah and I have learned. We want to think about everyone. So we will put a call out on Instagram to hear the things that you have learned by listening to Pantsuit Politics. 
or you can email us at hello at pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. But just please either engage with us by email or watch on Instagram for that challenge because we really want to hear from you. So if you email us or share on Instagram what you have learned from Pantsuit Politics, you can follow the link in the show notes and enter to win the time capsule. So every time we give you a challenge and you complete it, you can follow the link in the show notes and it'll be another entry to win the time capsule. And by just entering, you're going to get some digital birthday goodies. So you it's should like do little that no favors, what. party favors every time. It's like time. a party favor. Yeah, you're going to get some of our special playlists, including what I consider to be my perfect holiday playlist. I have backup on that opinion. Many of you have also told me it is a perfect holiday playlist just in time. So share with us what you've learned. You can either put it in the Instagram post or you can email us at hello at pantsuitpoliticsshow.com and we'll have additional challenges on the way to our seventh birthday i'm so excited and along the way you know just share the show that's the best gift you can give us you can just keep sharing the show we will be back with you next week and until then keep it nuanced y'all Pantsuit Politics is produced by Studio D Podcast Production. Elise Knapp is our managing director. Maggie Penton is our community engagement manager. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. Our show is listener-supported. Special thanks to our executive producers. Martha Brunitsky. Linda Daniel. Allie Edwards. Janice Elliott. Sarah Greenup. Julie Haller. Helen Handley. Tiffany Hassler. Emily Holliday. Katie Johnson. Katina Zuganellis Kasling, Barry Kaufman, Molly Kors, Lori Ladau, Lily McClure, Emily Neasley, The Pettins, Tawny Peterson, Tracy Putoff, Sarah Ralph, Jeremy Sequoia, Katie Steigers, Karen True, Annika Uveline, Nick and Elisa Valelli, Catherine Vollmer, Amy Whited, Jeff Davis, Melinda Johnston, Michelle Wood, Joshua Allen, Morgan McHugh, Nicole Berkless, Paula Bremer, and Tim Miller.